Hey folks, welcome to episode 106 of the Biomass Podcast. We really appreciate uh, everybody piling on and listening tonight. It's a it's one of those kind of interesting shows that where we're probably going to have a bunch of news next week. So we're all kind of like waiting around to see what's going on. So in honor of uh, the element Seaborgium, which believe it or not, that is element number 106 on the periodic table. Uh, we bring this episode of Biomass absolutely to you free of charge that was a mostly. bit of a stretch I'm, I'm just that you're really really reaching out there for for your number comparisons there dude I, like what like 106 i got nothing for the all the best thing i can come up with 106 other than the fact that it's one of the most interesting element names that i found other than crypt, uh like crypt kryptonium which is actually a real real element um uh, is that i think 106 i want to say like 106.5 or 106.3, that was like a really, really well-known classic rock station where I grew up at. Uh, that's that's literally about the best I got for, for 106, man. Well, once yeah, we hit 119, you're going to be out of element names to go with here. Uh, no, 119 I can actually work on. Um, there's, let's see, 119, 119, 119. You got a few months to figure it out. No, no, you no. Got no a few I, months. No, I got this one. Like I could, I could, I could take that one on, but that's okay. We we can do seven degrees of Kevin Bacon inside Jason's brain, like any day. I usually do pretty good with that. It's a great drinking game, by the way. Um, okay, so on to the bigger and better things. Let's go ahead and, and meet the star-studded cast of this. The outward-facing, like the large balcony of the biomass media empire that we all stand out and look over the crowds, the adoring fans, the, as the rock would say, the millions and millions of the people out there. So, uh, I will lead off this week since I'm doing something a little bit new. My name is Jason and I am one of the co-hosts here, if you can't tell. And this is actually starting off to be a much shakier show than it normally does, which doesn't bode well, but it ought to be fun towards the end. Uh, I will go ahead and tie into Mr. Bate. Please give us a quick intro. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm Bate. I write for the blog occasionally, and um, I listen to music. He does, and he's quite good at listening to music. Damn. Um, we'll, we'll talk later about his inability to pass high school, but other than that, it's pretty good. Uh, let's see. Pokey. What up? I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations. I co-host here on the uh, podcast, and I write for the blog occasionally. Word. Zell. I'm Sarai Zell. I am a co-host here on the show and editor on the blog, and I am trying to finish up all the various season finales for all the TV shows I've been watching this year. So, it's that time of year. Dude, you're, you're getting your series binge watch on then. Yeah, well, you see, right now I'm, like, over the, through, like, the school year period of time, you know, I'm watching a lot of shows, so I'm watching week-to-week, you know, episodes of all these different shows. And so now that the, the, we're hitting finale season here, I got a few to catch up on, but then we move on to like serious binge watching territory. Like anything that people said, you got to check out this series. And I'm like, I got 15 shows I'm watching right now. I can't. Now's the time because there's only like a couple shows during the summer. And even then they don't even start for like a month. So yeah, it's after, after this next week, it's going to be all binge watching. What are you, what are you catching right now? What's uh, what's the big thing you're watching right now? Um, well, Person of Interest is back um, right now, which is uh, one of my favorite shows, and it's been like, it's been a really long time we've been waiting since the last uh, the last season, and uh, this is the final season of Person of Interest, and they're they're really just like trying to fit it in somewhere, so clearly they found room and they shoved like 
the, the they had one one episode the first week, two episodes the second week. This coming week, there are three episodes of this premiering in one week. They're they're just cramming the whole series out as fast as they can, which is crazy. kind of funny. Hey, speaking uh, of TV series, uh, Zell, isn't there that big um, mashup or uh, crossover for like Arrow, uh, Heroes of Tomorrow, and no, um, no, no um, Flash coming up? No. And uh, or at least not that I've seen. Um, we just have uh, Legends of Tomorrow's already done. Arrow and Flash each have a week left. Um, but uh, uh, I thought um, I did, we're I still thought in were... intros though, so we should probably finish this. Yeah, that's fair. So, well, do we have anybody else to introduce? All right. Well, let's talk about the Zell's TV show. Oh, right. That's it. That's it. That's the <laughs> thing. No, I just want to put this in. We're out of people to introduce. This is a problem. If you listen to the show, come join us. Like this week, next week, week after, I don't care. Just just crash in here. We're we're running out of things to talk about because they're they're talking about my TV shows now, and that's that's a really low bar. So, yes, come join us. Join the show. Talk. Okay. I, actually, that is that is a fair point. We'll we'll go ahead and make the plug now. We'll probably do it towards the end of the show. But one of the things we we uh, would go through these kind of uh, stints on is we we try to bring in uh, a lot of other other folks like kind of generally like known, known uh, members of uh, big gaming communities, stuff like that, where we can just kind of uh, shoot the breeze, like kind of just normal gamers kind of sitting around hanging out and talking about some things uh, in terms of things we're playing or stuff that we're watching and things we're interested to see, interested to see going on in the in- industry, really from the customer standpoint. Uh, we occasionally have our, our uh, special guests on that are normally from dev teams or they're like uh, independent developers, things like that. And we talked to them a little bit about some of the, the kind of the behind the scenes stuff. But one of the things we really, really love is like we're kind of the like regular Joe and Joe at Gamer uh, hops on and we could just really literally just talk about different games uh, in kind of a, you know, kind of a, a deep gamer kind of way in terms of like what we really like about it all the way from sort of the subjective feel down to some of the technical bits and pieces. Plus, we always like just having a good old time, you know, like we said, shooting the breeze. So we're going to start putting the feelers out to uh, folks in our audience and or some other uh, gaming podcasts to see if we can just have them hop on and literally just be part of the conversation. And if you guys out there are interested, literally anybody, you can just ping us either on Twitter or at the uh, biomass.com website. And we'd be glad to uh, engage you about it. So should be should be pretty fun, or at least we hope it will be. Uh, and in fact, as promised, I think two weeks ago, we actually do have a short list of uh, special guests that we're lining up over the summer. So more to follow on that. We sh- should be some interesting news coming out over the summer with some, some of these uh, different properties we've been covering pr- predominantly uh, here this spring. So we got a few markers we're going to call in and see if we can pull some folks in. Now, that being said, and thank you, Zell, that's a great tee-up, by the way. Uh, I believe that reference the CW superhero stuff. I think there's actually a Green Arrow Supergirl crossover they had spoken about. I don't know if that's for sure, Skis, but I... are talking about, I've like, December. December? Um, okay, that's like... <laughs> it's like... That's yeah, like I was, 100 I was, target, man. I, I just Googled this because I was trying to figure out where we're at. I used... Uh, sorry, I used DuckDuckGo, but... Um, uh, yeah, no, they're talking about like that they do an annual crossover event, which they kind of do, um, and and so they're talking about like next December because this is kind that's kind of like one of those things they tend to to do mid season break ish, because um, yeah, they're they're just doing the finales out for for the two shows that haven't ended yet this year, um, but uh, yeah, so I guess the news about it being up to a four you know four show crossover now is the fact that um, not only do they have uh, Arrow, the Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. 
but that Supergirl, which started on CBS, will be coming back next year as a CW show um, with a budget cut and a move to filming in Vancouver and such. Um, apparently, you know, good enough to keep, but not not uh, not good enough to keep on you know the top rated television network on the planet. Well, that's that's interesting because I, I mean I know that that show's got to be surprisingly you know, well not surprisingly but it's got to be expensive to to produce. I mean I. I I, I think it's one of the a great examples. Like they really liked what they were getting, particularly towards the the latter half of the season, but they just couldn't quite do the cost justification for operating at their at their current I, budget. I mean, I was actually a little surprised they were budget cutting that because it was probably I want to say it was maybe fifth or sixth in, in CBS's lineup. It seemed like when I was when I was checking out the ratings, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, the CW does a great job with the sh- the shows that it has. Um, they do they do some pretty impressive work there and I, I don't I don't know how much they that the budget cuts will really hurt them if they uh, you know if they do it right oh, that could be true and I, I will you know I'm, I'm always a little bit skeptical about uh, you know like true like like comic book superhero-y kind of stuff on TV or like big big science fiction because it's it's really really um, hit or miss with like the actual uh, fantastical elements of it, you know, like the, the actual uh, like visual visuals that you get or the special effects, that kind of thing. Cause like after you, like you go watch something like civil war, which is phenomenal or, or some other you know, big blockbuster like that. And then you come back and you watch one of these and you just get like, like a cringe worthy kind of CGI moment or just like, you know, the classic energy beam effect that looks like something out of a seventies show. It's uh, it's a little sketchy. I will say this though, Supergirl. I was not too. I was I was kind of interested in it because I'm a big comic book geek anyway. But first couple of episodes, first few episodes, I, I was like, eh, it's good. I'm not really buying it. I actually thought that the the uh, the char- the actors and actresses in it were better than the script they were working with, uh, which is not something you can say a lot, uh, particularly on TV. But towards the back <laughs> of the season, ben Affleck. Yeah, that's a good one. So for the back half of the season, I thought it actually went really well. And and point in cat, point in fact, if you can do Martian Manhunter in full green Martian Manhunter form on TV and not look and and look pretty good, that was impressive. They they actually did that really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the show that most frequently disappoints on effects tends to be uh, Agents of Shield, which sometimes has like. You can tell where they went all out on a, on their effects budget for like one little gizmo, and then the rest of the show is just like nowhere near, and it almost yeah. feels out of place. No, I think you're I think you're pretty spot on with that. And, and I had I I had high hopes for Agents of Shield, and it just I'm really struggling for it to keep keep my interest in. I think Kevin Feige, kind of the head of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's recently kind of pretty much all but said that that's there's no way any of the they're, they're not going to build any connections between the movie movies and that TV show anymore. Uh, so that's that doesn't bode well for that show. Well, the biggest problem there was that um, you know they had a few you know like a TV show they have like you know somewhere between two and eight million viewers a week, and then you have a show you know like. A movie that rakes in, you know, a couple hundred million viewers worldwide. The scale is very different on how many people are actually watching it. So, as unfortunate as if you take TV characters and throw them in the movie, you often don't have... They don't know who they are. 
in the movies when they watch them. Oh, no, no, no. And I actually thought that really the recipient of any – that was definitely not a uh, a balanced sort of activity. I think that was more along the lines of how do you tell like bits and pieces of the story, like things on the edges uh, in the TV show that would be much more like normal people dealing with superheroes versus – you know, like what you get in like the big Marvel uh, blockbuster type things. I was actually really intrigued by that because there, there's a lot of really cool, um, there, there, you know, there's these sort of, I, I want to call them not B-list, but they're like these sort of side project comics that both DC and Marvel have had off and on where it really does focus on that kind of stuff. Uh, there's one called Damage Control that's really, really, really good. It's very, very funny. Fun. Uh, where you see like the guys that have to deal with the aftermath of all these big superhero fights, like there, it's really comical. Um, and then there's there's that kind of that meme of like the classic law enforcement people or the cops trying to deal with you know super powered people or even the good guys become a real pain in their ass on on a lot of occasions. I mean, if you can imagine like every time the Flash like runs down the street like. He's like blowing windows out from sonic booms and all kind of craziness. So there, there's a lot of these little things that uh, that you can have in there. And I thought that uh, Agents of Shield be a really good way to to tell some of that. And the fact that it was a neat way to build in a lot of stuff that you could have coming in and out of uh, the Marvel universe. And there's a lot of things in even the movies that would fit really well inside um, inside a show like like Agents of Shield. Uh, I think the ones that they do really well at are, you know, I thought Sharon Carter was actually Agent Carter. Uh, that was actually a really, really well done Netflix series. Um, so there's a lot of things they can do. Agent but Carter I think, wasn't Netflix. That was ABC. Uh, yeah, it's whatever it is. I, I, I watch it on whatever streaming service that happens to be handy on my iPad. But um, it's uh, th- there's there's ways that Marvel is getting at what they want, and I think the Agents of Shield idea is. Uh, I think it's just too convoluted right now. So let's move on to some actual gamey game stuff, uh, which is always kind of a, a fun part to do on a gaming podcast. Um, Zell actually had a little bit of CCP news we wanted to throw out there and just kind of uh, hash around, just kind of do a quick chat on. And I'll kind of turn it over to him to kind of walk us through a little bit of uh, Eve news. All right. Well, first of all, I got to set this up a little bit. So, um, I actually, uh, I, I watched uh, the Google I.O., their big tech conference was this last week, and um, uh, I tend to watch the big stream- streaming keynote presentations from Microsoft, Apple, and Google. Apple and Google mostly because they're hilarious. Um, they're really funny. Um, for example, we there's like, it's always been a, a kind of a joke with Google products that they have like six different apps for chat messaging. They introduced two new ones this year because now like six of them wasn't enough. Um, but anyways, so they were talking about their new VR platform, um, which they're calling Daydream. Um, that's going to be for Android phones, and they've they've they're, it's supposed to kind of scale down from like the Google Cardboard level VR to like a brand new high end spec that they're coming up with for these really nice headsets to slap your phones into and stuff. Um, and so they they were showing off that, and basically the same day CCP announced that they are creating uh, what they're codenaming. Uh, Gunjack Next, um, which doesn't start with the word project, which is weird. But anyways, so their CCP Shanghai is developing a new version of Eve Gunjack that's going to be exclusively for the Android Daydream platform, um, and it's going to come out this fall. So we don't know, though, if that's going to be like a 
short-term exclusivity, like how um, uh, Gunjack has already ended up on not just the Gear VR, but available for Oculus and, and uh, HTC Vive, um, or what. But uh, apparently CCP has finally had a game that was successful enough to earn a sequel. Hello. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good... <laughs> That's an interesting little jab there. Um, well, it, you know, to their credit, you know, they, they do turn out they do turn out product. Uh, whether you can call it a a patch, an update, an expansion, or a sequel, it's all kind of relative. But good on them. And I guess the question is, are we going to see much more content? You know, pe- I, I I know that uh, Pokey particularly I think commented on on how short Gunjack was. Um, and I'm yeah. guessing if they're making a sequel, they're not going to be dumping a whole lot of extra content in the first one. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun experience and a good proof of concept for VR. I just wish there was more of it. Like it, it's. I mean, I know when they really they released it on um, Oculus, they added some stuff, but it was just kind of you know just superfluous things. It wasn't really major content, and you know it's kind of a shame that they didn't actually expand on it. So I mean. It would be nice if they actually had more to it than just kind of an arcade game, but you know, who's gonna hold my breath on that one? Okay, fair enough. Um, now, I think let's see. So we talked a little bit about Eve Gun Jack, and you talked about the daily missions, right? Oh no, I hadn't gotten to that yet. So yeah, I, was um, say, I was losing my mind because I was like, "Hey, we're yeah." No. We so then the other thing that uh, CCP did that was interesting is that uh, they took their opportunities system, which is kind of like a. Um, less organized new player experience you could just go off and do different things um has has is kind of their platform they've added their first ever daily quest um which is to kill an npc every day um and it rewards like ten thousand skill points unallocated i think that you can spend on whatever you want um which is a pretty big break for for eve from their mentality that it's only only gained through passive time and such like that that there's no um no sp for playing and now there is yeah, that's kind of interesting, moving away from the purely passive SP. I mean, 10,000 isn't a lot, if I recall, but it still is some means that you know encourages you to log in and actually play the game a little bit to get that extra boost. Um, certainly deviating from what they have been doing for the last you know, 10 plus years. Yeah, that's... Uh, although, I, well, you know, I think, Pokey, I think you're right. The the thing we've seen from CCP over the last, you know, what year really is their willingness to tear apart some systems in Eve to try to make it more uh, accessible. I think is the the best way to describe it. I mean, that's really what a lot of the, a lot of the discussions came about with skill point injectors and you know things of that nature, so that you can very very quickly get into into the world of Eve, uh, or at least make you think you can anyway. Yeah, it's interesting with the whole skill point injector. It, it's almost like they're encouraging people to have the more of an ability to actively generate SP for the purpose of selling it as a commodity rather than something that was just more of a character life thing. So, I mean, it's in CCP's best interest because you have to buy Plex to transfer SP to you know, people. So, you know, it, it could be a business strategy to try to get people to log in, which is good for player counts, and then also giving the opportunity to generate SP and subsequently sell it. Um, it, it to me, that kind of feels like what they're going for. Yeah, no, I could totally see that. It's uh, it's certainly a uh, uh, a logical a logical you know chain that you've laid out there in terms of like what are they trying to do with their player base. It it does make me kind of wonder uh, what their actual player count numbers are nowadays. It's 
it's always been an interesting point of contention when people look at, uh, you know, look at Eve particularly because it's been around so long. And it, while the numbers have continued to decline over the years in terms of like consistent player counts by month, that kind of thing, they, they have had enough of a hardcore following uh, with enough people playing that it, it does not only make the game survive, but at least CCP thrives to the point where it's a, it's a significant, you know, part of the GDP of a, you know, a small European country. <laughs> so there's, there's something going on, with, going on with that. And so it just makes me kind of wonder what they're uh, like, really, are they actually starting to kind of come out of the trough if they're actually seeing like increases with some of the changes they're making? Yeah. I mean, I think Zell's been following the Eve's, player counts more than I have, but I mean, from what I understand, it's kind of been slipping lately and they've been struggling to kind of keep the player counts up, which, like you said, is a pretty big deal for Iceland in particular because, I mean, CCP is very large and important to that country, so if that goes down, you know, it's a lot running on their head. I mean, it's pretty pretty high pressure to make sure they succeed, not just from a company standpoint, but just kind of in a, in a general sense, so... You know, I, I think that, you know, if anything we saw with when Dust was kind of basically basically dead you know and the rotati came in they they did made a lot of maneuvers to to generate revenue which you know worked and not everyone agreed with all of them but it certainly kind of showed ccp's willingness to kind of you know flex a few things around to see how much they could you know twist systems to make more money on them which you know i mean is is part of a a company it's a matter of how much it's going to affect gameplay in in ways that people are going to either be for or against so you know that 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 is to be seen i think this daily quest thing is kind of a the testing the waters to see how things react and if it actually encourages you know what they're looking for in the end end result but you know we'll see it's it's certainly interesting and i think it's kind of part of their overarching uh movements they've been doing over the last you know year and a half or so yeah, no, I'm I'm totally on board with that, uh, or on board in the way that I'm interested to watch it from afar. Since I remember what happened with right. us when they brought in CCP Carnival Barker and was out there like screaming three trials for a dollar, three trials for a dollar, step right up, and it's like what, holy you, shit! You didn't want to pay ten dollars for a skin that wouldn't actually show up in your mark quarters. Yeah, well, what's what's, I, what's wrong with you, man? I mean, come I, on. I absolutely. Like some of the, like, this is one of those where you just like desperately wish that you could just like in a moment of absolute clarity, like in a bar, like in Casablanca somewhere, be like, look at some of these guys, you know, that were like behind the scenes and be like, did you, did you really think that that was a good idea? Right. (laughs) Well, I was so excited for that. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. It's going to be a cool way to generate revenue and, you know. It's you know we were all buying BPOs before, but they were duplicates. Maybe we can get a bit of a discount. It's going to be awesome. You know, like this is this is how you should monetize a game. Ten dollars. I was like, are you, what? Are you you freaking uh, kidding me? You know, I was <laughs> like, come on. Like you you had a golden opportunity and you completely blew it. It just it was painful to watch. And I I mean I I still have never purchased a skin through uh, through CCP I, for that okay, stuff. You know. So- like when I, when I get tired of my, my current job, like I literally, as much as I, I have heard a lot of negative things about working for CCP. I mean, there, it's kind of cuts both ways, but I, I would love to be hired by CCP and become CCP Mo Money because, and just put me in charge of monetization of something because I'm fairly confident I would make them a redonkulous amount of money. If you just, if, that's what I can't figure out. Like the way they went, well, kind of with Dustin and, and 
you know, to do Eve, I, that's, a, that's a whole different system, but it will make me wonder what they're going to kind of do with Valkyrie on it. But there were so many ways that they could have made money on a game that was literally dead as disco, you know, two years before now. And it, you know, it dies next week, basically. Um, they could have made some serious bank off that if they just handled it a little bit different uh, in terms of what they were putting out how they were putting it out. It, it, it would have been amazing. Uh, I think, I mean, that I, I'm just makes, makes me wonder. <laughs> it make, makes me wonder. It's like, this is not the first free to play game to ever exist that sells stuff. Like <laughs> there are so many highly successful models out there for monetizing games that don't, do stupid stuff and are actually reasonably priced and then perform extremely well for the company. I mean, you got, you know, World of Tanks, you've got League of Legends, all, you know, pretty reasonably priced things. And for some reason, they just went completely off the other direction. And it just, I, I don't know. I don't know how much money they made off of it, but they made nothing off of me because of that. It's just ridiculous. I mean, you guys had models you could look at and you completely went the wrong way with it it just it baffles my mind but i mean obviously it must have worked to some degree since the game you know limped along for a while but man they, they could have made a lot more money i think if they had taken a different direction with it yeah I agree. Well, I mean, it's it's ccp so they, of course they're not going to do anything by you know the way that you know every Works. other free yeah exactly you know ccp is all about oh my god we're so different than everybody else dur, 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 eve is different and Whoa. it just doesn't always work yeah, I mean that's that's a good mentality to have for some things. I mean, you oh, want to yeah, be unique, no, but yeah, come you, on, ten dollars for a skin? to stand out, especially you know in a time where you know I feel like everything has been done before to some degree or another. It it is good to stand out, but when you're when you're doing it the way that CCP has been doing it, you know, as far as monetization at least, goddamn dude, you really you really fucked up on that one. Well, it didn't even start off that bad. Like, I, I kind of was like, oh, this isn't too bad when the game first came out. But uh-huh. then, you know, post FanFest 2014, it was just like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. This is kind of a bit of a cash grab, guys. Like, uh-huh. you know, you could have done this a bit better. You know, a little more substance, a little lower prices, and, you know, qu- quantity of sales over, you know, having Denny Fleafoot fund the entire company for a year and a half. It really makes me wonder, though, like how CCP as a whole is doing, not just the in, their individual products, not just Eve and uh, Valkyrie and Dust, but how the company is uh, is doing financially um, as a whole. I'd be curious to see, you know, what their um, shit looks they're, like. They're flying by the seat of their pants all the time, I think. That's my uh, guess. Okay. Interesting. I mean, obviously, the big thing right now is that they had that big investment round for for VR development, so that's kind of their big thing. Um, yeah, that was a couple of and, months ago, right? Yeah. And so I mean, thirty million bucks only goes that's so a, far. That's a I lot. Of, that's a lot of cash, and you know, they. I mean, it's not like it's it's not like they didn't already have money to work on for R and D. So no, this is true. Um, I mean, I'm sure that you're getting some of that's leading into the the Gunjack next thing. Not much, but some. You've got okay. the Project Arena and Valkyrie, and I really hope Project Arena becomes more of a thing. I want, I want my rematch with Cross. I want That's... it to be a thing, but I don't want it to be an esport like Hilmar is. Like, oh my god, it's going to be a fucking esport. All He's I want, really adamant about that too. All I want is to beat Cross. I want to beat Cross at Project Arena. That's it. That is like if I can, if I can have my rematch and I can beat him, 
I'll die happy right there. Biomass dreams. Oh goodness gracious! The things. Oh, I will say this: like the little little pic. I, I now have a much better picture of what, what you guys were playing after I saw some of the images of the game. It does look pretty cool, and I'm I'm a huge Tron geek, so I I would really get into that if they would like. Uh, it it they'll never work because there's no way that anybody any of those jokers could ever figure out how to work without work with Disney without like you know having Iceland becoming like the the fourth fucking Magic Kingdom before the deal's <laughs> done. Um, but that would be that would be just absolutely awesome if you could actually go full uh, full Tron disc battle in light cycles. Oh man! What? <laughs> By the way, okay, I, I've got to say I've got to get this one off my chest. This is like one of my all time like things that grind my gears about like games and movies Uh-oh. and movie games. The fact that we've had not a single Tron video game that was worth like two shits is just amazing to me at this point. Uh, I, I, I cannot believe that. Like the best Tron stuff I've seen is on my, is like on my son's like Disney, uh, Disney toy box game where he's got his little Tron figures. Like, you know, he puts on there and he runs around and plays with them and stuff. That's, that's the, like, like his uh, PS3 toy box thing. Like that's literally the best thing I've seen coming out about Tron in a, in a, in a video game, like ever. That is phenomenal to me. Like, and I mean, phenomenally bad. Sorry. End of rant. Oh man, you're right though. I mean, like, especially with all this VR stuff coming out. I mean, this is this is the time to put out some solid Tron stuff. I mean, I think that they've abandoned the the next movie, which saddens me deeply because I thought Legacy was one of the most underappreciated films they've put out. But like, come on, with this light this disc battle thing with Project Arena and then Light Cycles, like, come on, this this is a no brainer for something that they could totally put together. It wouldn't be that hard to do. It would be freaking awesome. Like, it needs to happen. Oh yeah, no, I'd, I'd be totally down with that. Um, Wait, now, they were they were making another Tron movie? Yeah, yeah. They, well, they oh. well they've kicked it, kicked it around a couple huh. different ideas. Interesting. Well, what opened up a lot of chances because, like, in the end of the Tron, like Core is like back in the real world. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the the idea was that you could open up a lot of different things uh, in terms of which way the which way the the stories could go. And the other thing you'll notice is like at the very beginning of the movie. Um, like he's only in it for literally like two minutes, but Cillian Murphy uh, is, he plays one of the little like geeks at uh, MCOM where Sam Flynn like does his little, like, you know, uploads the, the haha video on the corporate anniversary thing. Like the, literally in the first like five, 10 minutes of the movie, Cillian Murphy is like the young kind of computer hackery guy. He's actually the son of the bad guy in the, in the original Tron. Uh, and then the idea was like in the second, Tron movie, he would become like the protagonist. He would be able to like get into the grid himself. Um, and you'd have like two users fighting it out inside the grid, kind of like reverse, like Neo Matrix style, I guess. Oh. Yeah, like the special features for the, the Legacy DVD has a lot of content and plot that did not make it into the original film. And it, they, what they were working on was, was could have been really badass. That's why I was so disappointed when they, they canned the project for the next one. Yeah, now the the Disney animated uh, Tron uh, was it uh, Tron Legacy? That was that was the uh, the animated one that Disney put out, like on Disney XD. That was like a like it came on at like ten o'clock at night. That was definitely an adult like anime style show. It was really really good. I mean, I, I was like 
surprisingly good. I think a lot, like Elijah Wood was the primary voice actor on it. Lance Heinrichson. They had like a lot of big time voice actors and it was incredibly well done. Like, uh, like really, really, really sharp. Yeah. Tron uprising. I only watched a couple of those, but uprising, it, was, yeah. it, it was, it was, yeah, it was more kind of a cell shaded, you know, definitely more of an adult style. Uh, not really. I mean, it's not like mature, but it, it wasn't really for kids either. So it was, but still, you know, it was a good companion to the story, and you know, it just uh, wish we had more of it. I should go back and watch those movies. No, I mean the original one was that's like super trippy. It's really good. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Well, and and the crazy thing is like, uh, it, <laughs> there was I remember they did an interview with Jeff Bridges, uh, you know, many years ago, and he's like, we literally had absolutely no idea what any of that stuff was going to look like. Uh, you know, we had to put on these weird, like these weird suits. You did, you like, you didn't know what they did. You just looked, like, you said, like in normal lighting when you walked around like the sets, you looked like an absolute idiot in these suits. Because um, they, they don't glow, you know, they, they, like that whole glowing thing. That's actually just like post, uh, post film animation that they added, almost like rotoscoping. So, th- like they had no, absolutely no idea what any of this stuff looks like. And this is also really when computer animation and computer graphics were, were truly in its most basic proto forms. Uh, this is about the time that the money for nothing video came out, you know, with a dire straits, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like th- it, it's pretty amazing when you go back and you look at it and then you flash forward to something like civil war where you have these like utterly photo realistic, like highly dynamic images of, of like human beings that you, you have a really, really hard time. They're entirely the CGI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, is that real or Memorex? So, okay. But again, very interesting, very interesting sidetrack on that one though. So I, I totally didn't mean to like take us down the Tron rat hole. I, I do. I do apologize for that. Although I had, I had to say that I had to get that one off my chest. You did queue up another topic though. I did, which was what? Nice. Good job. Good job. Uh, Civil War. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Zell asked us to, to go out and watch Civil War, and uh, we all did. And by we, I mean I. And then Bait read the spoilers on the internet, and Pokey is going to just claim that his mic's not working right now. Is that about right, guys? Yep. And silence for Pokey. See? See how that works? <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. <laughs> No, I, actually, I, I, did, I did go see it, and uh, I will have to say that is definitely a a killer flick. Um, I, I would say, like, much like I put Zell on the spot, asked him to give give like the you know just the number review on it, but I, I got to say that's easily one of the top three Marvel movies that I've seen. I think I've seen all like twelve or thirteen of them. Um, it's it's really really solid, really good. Uh, the whole thing, story, acting, script. Uh, the visuals, it's it's really good. It, it, it did have a couple kind of interesting things in the plot that I, I honestly didn't see coming. So I, I thought that was actually kind of a bonus because usually I can like write this thing in my head by the time I'm done with the trailers. Um, it was pretty solid. I, mean, I was I was very impressed. Very impressed. How do you how do you feel about the new Spider-Man? Um, I think Tom Holland did great. Uh, I, I he's probably. Like now, I like I I actually liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. I thought he was pretty good, particularly in the first Spider-Man. He was 
quite was good. Great in the fourth one, but yeah, that's, yeah, the, time, that's the time that the third one rolled around. Was well, yeah, like, I mean, the, the, his problem is, I mean, he he that was a good good example of uh, there's not a lot of continuity, I think, in between those movies. So they were going in these like wildly different directions, and, and mm-hmm. he he was doing okay, but you know he has to work with what they give him. Yeah. Uh, so they they could have definitely taken that in, the, in a slightly different way. I think Tom Holland is in my mind he probably acts and sounds more like kind of the the young Spider Man I remember from the comic books, like when I was a kid. Boy, does that sound like it, man? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's pretty good. I, I don't know how sold I am on him. I really hate the the full CGI suit. It's very Green Lantern. Um, but uh, I will say that it is the first time that they've presented a Spider Man that looks like he's in school. Because the the you know I with the Amazing Spider Man, I want to know if anyone anyone bought that Gwen Stacy was a high schooler. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> So that's one thing I have to give credit is they they have someone who looks looks the part I think more than more than any of the previous but um you know we'll see and I I hate the suit I hate the suit it's it's very Green Lantern oh yeah now that being said I th- I thought they did a good job of explaining some things uh, like the whole like why why his eyes you know like focus and stuff like that I thought it was like oh they're just dead pulling his eyes like. Well, there, there was some logic behind it. So I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of buy that. Um, but like I said, Tom Holland, I thought, I, I'm very interested in seeing a spy, like an actual the Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland in it now. Let me put it that way. That I, I saw enough of that that I'm sold that I want to go see, uh, see that movie, which I believe Michael Keaton is, I think, going to play the Vulture in, which that'd be kind of neat. Ooh, I haven't heard about this. I did just read about that, yeah. Yep. Um, let's see. How was Black Panther? It, really good, really okay, solid. Good. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I guess, and I guess he's like he makes the. Uh, I guess he makes Tony Stark look poor in comparison. So he's, well, he's, he owns he's the got, country. He's got fancy toys. Well, I, like that was kind of a that was sort of the the thing is that uh, Wakanda I think has pretty much in the in the comics and certainly in the MCU they are a very very technologically advanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, country like a very very small but like incredibly advanced country and very isolated they keep their toys to exactly themselves. so there's there's some things going on there and he's he's kind of a i was kind of wondering how they were going to work him in between like cap like captain captain america winter soldier uh and then like iron man like where you know because he's it, it's really hard to get a I, I really don't know what he can do let me like and i mean that like like literally like in the comics, it kind of goes back and forth. Is it like all tech powers, or does he have like some mystical stuff going on? Uh, is he like just a really super highly trained athlete with you know some gear, or does he actually can he actually do like some near superhuman stuff? It's really hard to tell because it's always been a little bit squishy. Um, the way I watched the movie, I assumed that a fair amount, like he was like a, a really highly trained athlete. Um, that had a lot of really good tech that was like giving him like a little bit of a boost here and there and like some like you know endurance or like some extra strength here and there like surviving like a jump from like two or three stories that kind of shit uh, so it was, again really hard to kind of figure out what he can do but i was kind of interested to see how they were going to compare and contrast him to like the other 
the other characters there because there are there are a lot of punchy characters. You know what I mean? Like guys that predominantly their best power is like punching people. Uh, and he he was pretty solid. I, I liked it. Like the fights between him and Winter Soldier, I thought were really good. I want to state that I'm I'm absolutely tickled that uh, Ant Man is in the franchise because um, I I love every moment that he is dealing with other characters in this movie. Yeah, now he he was quite good, by the way. <laughs> I now I you know I didn't see anybody in the movie. There was nothing in the movie that I thought was just like I was like disappointed at. Um, I like there was part of me that kind of wanted the you know, the be- are we going in spoilers or no spoilers right now? Are we kind of in spoilers? Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so the Baron Zemo is, which generally I think people know Baron Zemo is a bad guy, but he's not like the full on. Uh, comic book Baron Zemo. That was the only thing I was like, I don't really need to see him walking around in the, in the goofy purple mask, but I, you know, I wasn't sure what to think about uh, Baron Zemo. And the guy who who played him was really spot on, really, really good, by the way. It was a very, just, it was a very muted villain role. It was, it was enough to set up what they wanted between the characters. Yeah. It, it was, it, I mean, you can't really have a movie where you have this all-out fight between your all your superheroes and then also have a great giant villain. That's I think that's a good point, Zell. Like you needed you needed you needed somebody to be the catalyst for the action, but not drive the action, um, so to speak. Now I will you know what I did notice between Zemo and um, oh god and the uh, not Thunderbolt Ross, but is it Elliot Ross? Right, the uh, the Ross character. Uh, I thought if you look at those two guys, they're kind of the you know, they are for all intents and purposes the bad guys in the movie, so to speak. But they both had very interesting motivations in that they weren't exactly bad guys per se, there was a clear logic and reason for why they were like jacking with the Avengers. Uh, in Zemo's case, like it traditionally in the comics, he's like a contemporary of, of the Red Skull, like your classic sort of. Nazi, you know, super, super villain kind of guy here. He was not, he was actually from like Sokovia, the country that like got effectively like annihilated, almost annihilated by uh, Ultron. And he was raging against the, you know, you know, the Avengers. He contributed a lot of the problems back to the Avengers. And, and he's kind of right. Cause Tony Stark did kind of make Ultron. Uh, and then Ross, who was played by Martin, whatever his name is from Sherlock. Um, he was much more, if you like, he sort of justified his own actions. He's like, I'm doing what I think is right. Just like you do. You just don't like it because I'm doing it to you. And I thought that was genius. Actually, that you had the two bad guys were basically making very strong moral arguments that they weren't that much different than, you know, the, the superheroes. So that was, I thought that was actually pretty cool. I, I think Captain America has done a pretty good job being that kind of, you know, political angled thriller um, that that does have kind of good varying viewpoints. I mean, it, honestly, if anything, if there was one thing that you could uh, that you could fault the Winter Soldier movie for was taking a movie that was at first a a question about what is the right way to, you know, is surveillance you know, the way to handle these things is preventative measures, you know, taking out someone before they do something in the first place. Um, everything about the Winter Soldier movie had a, had a strong moral questionability until they went ahead and they just said, you know what, this is actually Hydra. It's all Hydra. They're secret, you know? And if anything, that cheapened that movie. Um, because 
for what it was, it could have been a movie where everyone involved thought they were doing the right thing for everybody. You know? No, I you know I'll buy that. Uh, it like I said, I, I thought it was thought it was pretty solid. Um, I did. I actually kind of expected somebody to actually die though, because that's kind of the whole thing about civil war is you get like a, like a couple dramatic deaths here and there. Um, but you really didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, well, not really like it just didn't happen. Uh, Oh, I guess, I mean, you can't really, can't really count roadie either. Uh, you know, war machine, he, he kind of got busted up. You knew good, he but... wasn't going to die because they showed him getting shot in the trailer. If, well, it, okay, like, if you see true. them getting killed and apparently killed in the trailer, you know they're not actually going to be dead. That's just a thing. No, no, I, I, I'll buy that. You're probably right. Um, yeah, I'd say nine times out of ten, that's that's an accurate statement. I just, I, I kind of wasn't, I was, I wasn't sure what they were gonna, you know, I wasn't really sure how they were gonna, how they were they were gonna play it because that was like that's really the thing that the Civil War storylines ultimately known for is is the death of Captain America. So I was kind of interested to see how they were going to play it. And I will say that one of the things that did, and, and you know, tell me if you think I'm wrong here, um, but probably the one thing that caused me to um, question where, you know, how well the movie was portraying the characters, this is only once in the movie, is I did feel like the the kind of unbridled rage after Tony knew what the whole scheme was, I had a hard time with that. I know it was an emotional movie for him, but that was still really, really hard to buy. I, yeah, I, I see your point. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way, but I could, I could, I can see, I can see that. I think, I think it's really, it was really hard to kind of get, it's really hard to get a grip on Tony Stark anyway. I think, you know, emotionally and mentally sometimes. Uh, so I, I think I probably just glanced over that, that, but, yeah, I could kind of see your point that my that was a little where it's like, how exactly does this work for you? Um, that it, oh, I, now on the on that note, I think Robert Downey Jr. This was his best Tony Stark since maybe Iron Man one. I mean, he was he was really really good in this. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree, and I, I overall I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I, I th- the one that's the like he was really he had some really funny like kind of one liners in there, but. The one that uh, the one that got me was uh, at the you know in the big superhero like battle royal when uh, was he what he says like uh, if anybody has any uh, as yet un your heretofore un 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 uh, unannounced superpowers that could turn the tide of battle for us now would be a good time to yes use them. that was great <laughs> I, I I I had coke coming out of my nose listening to that. Um, and I do like the fact that we got to see giant man. That was pretty awesome. And they did that really well too. I thought that that looked really good. Yeah. It was actually one of those things that was funny to me, by the way, and this is almost a little bit of an aside is so they did. Um, so obviously, you know, as we talked about earlier, legends tomorrow and arrow, which are shows that I watch, um, have been playing with the character of Adam, which is of course the DC heroes analog of, of Ant-Man. And I thought it was really funny that they that that character in Arrow first figured out how to shrink his suit like within weeks of the Ant Man movie coming out, and then like two weeks before going to see Civil War, he did the opposite and you know grew really big. And I'm like, you you guys are really <laughs> they're they're actually the the TV development of the DC version is is very very close it seems with uh, the Marvel version in in the movies. 
That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that one. Uh, <laughs> but I w- like I said, I think they did it. Uh, they did it really well. One of the things that I will give them some serious cr- credit for is at this point, they have a ton of really viable fleshed out characters that they needed to, in, in a logical way, put in different parts of the movie. I thought they did a really, really good job of that um, because you could very quick. I mean, this is, you know, it's clearly a Captain America movie, but they do a really good job of managing who, like who, who is there for what scene and, and kind of, you, you know, like really just how the, all the characters fit together at different places and times. And they all get like something that is very archetypical of them to do. And it fits well into the, into the movie. So, uh, you know, hats off to him. I thought it was really good uh, in terms of how they, sort of metered all the characters in uh, and they're really smart about taking people out too. Cause not have, not really having Thor and Hulk was probably a, a smart move because that's just that, that would have made it unmanageable, I think, but they had all the right types of characters to do what they needed to do. And, and the other thing I do want to give them an, an actual really, really solid, uh, you know, plus one on is, the fight choreography, wicked good. I'm just uh, like I've always, I've generally been relatively, you know, fairly impressed with them, but uh, particularly in Winter Soldier and uh, and now in Civil War, like they're like some great, great action, like good, really, really solid action, good, you know, fisticuffs going on, stuff like that. It's very, uh, it's not like Jason Bourne fighting, but you definitely get the impression that these are just incredibly well-honed and well-trained, uh, you know, folks going at it for real when you're watching it. So I, I was pretty pleased by it. All right. Let me see. As I look down over our list of topics to talk about, um, before I pull one out of the grab bag, uh, does anybody else have anything that they want to close up with on civil war? Pokey bait, anything? I think I'm good. You guys covered it pretty well. Code for I haven't watched it, and I'm just not yes, talking. sir. You you there covered you all of my zero thoughts. Yeah, it's all good. It's good. All right. Okay. Um. So I did have one that I, I just wanted to kind of. This is so generally what we do on the show, and if you guys haven't figured it out by now, that means you haven't listened to more than like I don't know two episodes. Um. Uh, we have like things we know we're going to talk about, things we don't know we're going to talk talk about, but we just go with when they when the the moment arises. And we also have a, a short list of things that we can talk about if we ran out of things to talk about. We're kind of at that point right now. Uh, and we can kind of do this sort of lightning round style a little bit. Uh, I'll kind of go go through a couple quick questions and we'll do a round the horn on it. And then we'll close out with some uh, shout outs. But to the group, uh, question number one, what is a movie or correction? What is a game you would like to see made into a live action movie? And who do you want to have star in it? So I'm going to start off with Zell, but Could I'm going to talk no, no. very slowly and let you think <laughs> about it. So this way you don't panic. Feel free to Google while I'm talking slowly, and then you can attack this at your own pace and watch me buy time for bait and pokey because this is one of the very few shows where you're probably more prepared than them. Did I do enough? To get, did I do a good enough job buying you some time? I'm trying. I, I could see Portal as a movie. It'd be fun. 
I that's a great call, dude. I was totally not expecting you. I was literally I was not expecting you to come up with that, but that would be absolutely hilarious. Like who? Okay, who who do you have in the portal movie though? I I have no idea. I have no idea whatsoever. <clears throat> okay, if you could pick somebody to be the protagonist, protagonist, the unfortunate, the unfortunate, like I got to jump through the portal person. Who would you have? I, I I don't know. She's she's mute in the game. It doesn't even matter. Right, but you you know you know. Well, okay. There's two ways you could do this. You could have have the person not be mute, uh, or you'd have to have somebody that was just really really killer at um, like really good body language and facial expressions. Because I mean, that's the question. If you do like any of those games where the the character you're playing doesn't have dialogue, like. Anything you do to add dialogue is probably going to upset somebody. And if you don't have dialogue, it's going to be really weird. But there's no one for her to talk to most of the time. But I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and, and Portal at least plays with it. Like, you know, kind of refers to her as, a, as mute. Um, and I, I think Half-Life pretty much just pretend, like, ignored the fact that Gordon never talked. But, you know, I don't know. I have no actor preferences. I actress preferences. Okay. Portal as a movie um, would be probably the the one movie that would be in like that genre that would have almost entirely or probably entirely female actors. Uh yeah. That's I mean unless they right. included Portal Two characters, it would be uh you have GLaDOS and Chell. So if yeah. that does become a thing, does that mean like thirty years later we'll get the reboot with the all male actors? Oh, don't don't even go there with me. Don't even. I can't. Um, so I, uh, as much as I, I, and I don't care much too much for the Ghostbusters reboot. I'm sure I'll see it, but that's that's that. Did you guys hear? Did we discuss the the um the uh, uh, Harley Quinn news? Hmm? What Harley Quinn news? Go on. Do you speak of? Um, it's it's so rumored that. Uh, uh, Margaret Robbie convinced the DC powers that be that there needs to be a movie that is um, primarily like female DC heroes and her characters, including um, God damn it. her Harley and prob- probably Batgirl and Poison Ivy and such. Mm, I did hear something about that, but I, I'm not. I, I wasn't uh, keeping up with it too much. It sound it sounded interesting. It would. I mean. That's like using kind of that set of characters has been something that the the animated DC people have, have played with from time to time. Um, it's all going to come down to whether or not the Harley Quinn Suicide Squad's you know fun, enjoyable to watch, whatever. Yeah, no, I could I could totally see that. Um, okay, so let me see here, uh, real quick, because I'm going to help out Zell. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to think through. Think through who could who could be in his movie. Uh, Ellen Muth, Ellen Muth, M U T H. If you there was an HBO series, I think it's, I think it was called Dead Like Me. Uh, that was really oh, yeah. really good. Yeah, I, she, I've seen that show. She she would probably be the kind of person that I think would be good in that. Uh, really good body language, facial expressions could like really communicate a lot. Uh, She's also actually a member of Mensa, by the way. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of neat, just an interesting fact right there. I, and actually, I can't answer one character. Is that uh, Glado should in fact be played by 
Ellen McLean who does GLaDOS for the, the, the <laughs> game. So there's just there's no reason to change it. She's That's amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, it's obviously it's an all-voice role anyways. Um, and uh, she's because she's now done that in two Portal games and a Lego game, which I may huh. have to buy solely for the Portal stuff. Because they, they did uh, Lego Dimensions is like one of those like uh, Skylanders, Disney Infin- Infinity type of games where you have to have your little physical add-ons. And then Lego Dimensions is is Lego's version, and they have like a Doctor Who level set and a Portal level set and a couple other weird ones. Um, and and she they actually did like a whole third Glados song and stuff for that game. Huh. that's pretty legit. Okay, no, that's that's a good call, man. Uh, okay, so let's move on to bait. And so tell us, what game do you want to have made into a live action movie? And who would you like to be in it? Dude, as soon as you said that, I immediately, my mind went to Uncharted. It's um, already going to be a thing, though. That doesn't oh, count. Oh, it is? Yes, yes, they're already working on an Uncharted God movie. damn it. It's been in the works for years. Oh. Yeah, well, okay, all right. So that, does, that means nothing, though. So, Bait, you tell us who you want to be in, in the live action movie of, uh, of Uncharted. Um... One of those dudes from oh what shit what's that CW show um where they go around and like fucking kill the vampires or whatever I can always count on you for um, some of the most insightful media commentary no, 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 I just um, want you to know that what you're referring to is supernatural I, yeah, I assume yeah, yeah, you mean one. somebody like Jensen Ackles Yeah yeah sure wow that's that guy's name Damn Okay, okay. all right we're going to yeah, yeah, that guy, you, that guy. I'm sure. Hold on, let me look at this guy real quick. No, so, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Ladies and gentlemen, in case the, you didn't know, we're, we're, looking, we're we're looking at changing. Uh, we're we're looking at changing Bates on air name to Jeff Spicoli. Just let that sink in for a moment. I have to Google this. Are Are you trying to Google who Spicoli is? Yeah. Oh, sweet Jesus. Bad man. Am I alone on this one? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? I think you're low on this one. Oh, this okay. This okay. this is like one of the few times you, you all three of you at the same time have truly made me feel old. But know the do. movie, don't know the. Or I hadn't seen it. Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes, Fast Times at Richmond High. I haven't seen the movie. I'll add oh, it to the list. God, <laughs> just bad man. Get off my lawn! Oh, you! Oh, I can't do it now. Fuck. Hey, don't worry about it. Okay. Word for snapper. So, uh, one of those oh, guys from, from moderately interesting one of those too. Guys from Supernatural. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, actually, I had heard at one point, and Zell's right. They had been talking about making an Uncharted movie for, gosh, like four or five years. It's got a release date in 2017 right now. Are, are you looking at like IMDb? Um, a Man. few different sites. What I'm trying to find, I I'm trying to figure out. Who's currently listed? Because I found one article that I hope is false that claims that Zack Snyder is going to be <laughs> directing that. So, um, <laughs> I I guess they had a they had a, a director Seth Gordon and then he stepped away from it. And I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where the current news is, but you know who knows. I mean, Apparently, IMDb has got just like scrolling, scrolling past stuff here. Um, Chris Pratt passed on playing Nathan Drake. Um, Oh, um, oh, who's the dude from the new Star Trek that plays Kirk? Chris Pine. Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that would not go well. Yeah, you don't think so? No. I don't like him. They they released a new they released a new Star Trek Beyond trailer. 
probably so. That's that's another thing. Um, and I'm um, kind of sad about that movie too. <laughs> There's there there are a couple of people that would actually probably uh, they could probably do okay. They've got uh, let's see. I've not. I think Wahlberg, maybe like his name's been attached. To it. Well, it's been attached to it periodically, though. Ew. Many people have said they want Nathan Fillion to do it. There's no way he's no. a little too old, and a little out of shape for that. Yeah. Um, oh come on. No. Uh, I would. I, I would honestly take Mark Wahlberg over Nathan Fillion, though. I don't even really like Mark Wahlberg. Well, you don't have to like it, but he—he's one of the the names that has most been mentioned with with I mean, the movie. Maybe if you like by the third one, I guess. I don't know. Well, nah, I don't know. I wouldn't buy it. Uh, let's see. There is a pretty good, pretty good little thing here. Let's see. Sam Brody as Nathan Drake. That would not be bad. Um. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's there's a really cool little. This guy did this uh, pretty sharp little thing where he like basically takes you know, kind of the the game character and then put it right next to somebody. Um, he's got some, he's got some pretty good ideas here. Let's see, Mark Warren, Graham Actos, Zachary Quinto as Jeff. Yep, yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, no, they've got some pretty cool, uh, pretty cool little little memes here on this one, but. I don't know. I don't know who would play this one. It's kind of a tough call because you can get like a lot of, you could go a lot of different directions for Nathan Drake, honestly, because I mean, he's, you can, you have a range fan of the type of people you can pick. You, you just basically need your kind of classic action movie star that can have some sort of sensible, sensible dialogue, or at least deliver some sensible dialogue. You'd probably be okay. I'd like to see Fallout get a TV series. I think that'd be a little bit interesting. That'd be probably pretty tough on the effects. Oh yeah, that would actually. I mean, I could see that though. Like, well, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many I'd ways that. that you you that you could attack. You know, Fallout, whether it be through the different the different vaults um, and Vaultex um, um, experiment, I guess, with each of the um, different like 122 or however many there are. Of them, um, and then, or you could focus on, you know, like the games do one person going out and doing whatever. Okay. No, that's not a bad, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh-huh. Um, well, hey, for the record, by the way, on the Uncharted movie, like Dream Uncharted movie casting, there is one where it has uh, Jensen Eccles as a recommended Nathan Drake. It oh. looks, actually looks pretty good. Well, all right then. Sold. Okay. Uh, although I do like your Fallout TV show idea, by the way. That's actually that would be really cool. Because mm-hmm. um, there's there's like a, a thousand and one things you could probably mess around with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Pokey, you're up. What game do you would would you most like to see get turned into a live action movie, and who do you want to have in it? Okay, that's easy because um, The Last of Us, because that game is a work of art and should be appreciated by everyone, including people who don't play games. It's just a fantastic story. I mean, it's not your typical run and gun zombie game. It's it's really a, a story that just happens to take place in a zombie universe. So it's it's amazing. Uh, and I'd probably have to go with I think Hugh Jackman to play Joel. I think he would fit the role pretty well. He's kind of got that that gruff feel to him. I think he could probably pull it off quite well. Um, as for the Ellie character, I'm not 
really sure. I'm not too familiar with... Is Hugh with... Jackman getting too old for this stuff? He, Joel is old as shit. <laughs> like, he's really gray in, that movie, in the game. Um, but yeah, no, for, for Ellie, I'm not sure. I don't know too many young female actresses, so I, I'm not really sure on that one. Mm, okay. No, I can totally see that, though. That, that would not be... That 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 would that was a very good very good game that was ha, had some really good story in it. Uh, they they did a really good job of actually you know creating some emotional scenarios inside that game. So I, I can kind of buy that. That was actually pretty cool. Uh, okay, for me, like I was actually thinking Uncharted till Bait stole that one. Hmm. Um, I I'll have to go out on a limb, and there's a couple of options. I'm not really sure. Since I wasn't prepared to have like my idea thieved from me, um, you could always go with something like. To me, you could always go with Halo because they they have talked about doing that one again for many yeah, many many years. years, and they had, there's been a lot of uh, pretty big names attached to it back and forth. Uh, and in fact, the guy that did um, District Nine, Neil Blomkamp, Neil Blomkamp. He actually did like a couple like uh, movie shorts, like, you know, seven to 10 minute movie shorts uh, that were in the Halo world that were really good, like like quite good, actually. Uh, Who plays the Master Chief? That one's kind of interesting because really he never takes his helmet off. I I think think. you could actually, again, Cal, take a page out of Zell's book. You could probably have uh, the the actual voice actor that plays plays Master Chief just do that. if you've ever seen, uh, God, what was that? Steve Downs. Yeah, the yeah, voice actor. Yeah, he's a he's a radio DJ in like Chicago, I think. I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. But you could see. I mean, that's one where you could actually have the you know like the voice actors from the games just basically you know, recreate what they're doing, and you can have Cortana in there. Um, she could be full CGI the whole Smash. That that would actually be pretty easy. There was a there's a live action kind of direct to, direct to video. Um, that's set in the Halo Halo universe. It's really it's like an official. It's officially an officially sanctioned uh, show. I, I can't. Yeah, they did it. They did called, like a, it was really good. They did like both like a movie, a direct to direct to disc movie, and then they also did like I want to say like a year or two ago they did like a, a mini like series thing called right? Nightfall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I never watched it because I guy, don't really care. But well, yeah, that was they're the actually they're actually really good. The, the little directed direct to video movie. That thing's actually really good. It's there. It wasn't outlandish. It was basically like uh, set on like a military academy where like where the early where they started having some of the early invasions and stuff like that. And then you you actually see Master Chief at the very end, and it's really really well done how they did it. The guy Daniel Cudmore that played uh, Colossus in the uh, in the X Men movies, he he played. He's like the physical uh, role of Master Chief. And the guy's like he's actually he does a lot of like stunt work and stuff like that like in in the movies. They did it really really well. He could he is an athlete. Um, they they did the costume such a way that he could really move, and and it looked good. One he is six foot eight, so he's he's fucking huge anyway. Uh, but they they did that really really well, real real solid. So I, I would like to see a Halo movie. I guess now that that is definitely pulling out. Uh, you know nothing, nothing anybody hasn't seen. But if I really had to go like another way, like away from Halo, I would really want a Mass Effect movie. 
Because that's when you could, you could turn into something pretty pretty badass, yeah, dude. Yeah, and you could open I'd, it up. I'd be worried about really a Mass Effect movie here. ruining the material, but I, you think I don't know. That's pretty open ended to it. Yeah, I mean, especially between the the games and shit. Yeah, I mean, you could come up with a lot of stuff for you could come up with a whole lot of stuff for that. I mean, yeah, I I feel like it. If they were true to the games, it would be more or less the same plot, right? For, you know, if they did, what, three or four movies? Of course, we don't know what Andromeda is going to be about, but I mean, I, essentially I, every movie is just going to end with, like, fucking Shepard shooting a, a Reaper or something. Yeah, I'm just, I'm very skeptical that anything will ever do that franchise justice. So, you know, that's that's one of those that uh, I'd be really judgmental about in any conversion of to another format. No, I mean that's that is fair. I mean, I, I can totally see, but I totally see where you're coming from. But that would be one that would, I think, very cleanly translate to a movie, uh, a movie format. If it was, if you had somebody that that actually understood the source material, like basically, if you didn't pull a Zack Snyder and you went in, and you actually understood the game and you like kind of like the actual stories behind it and stuff, um, you could very easily turn that into a pretty solid movie. I think. And as for who I would want in it, uh, tough call. Uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure of how I'd want to, how you'd want to cast Shepard, because uh, you kind of definitely want. Uh, let me see. You have to answer Shepherd. the question first. Would you cast it, it as a male or female character? It's it is, well. I, I'd, I'd probably cast. Well, that's a good question. I'd You've offended half it. of Mass Effect fans. No matter which decision you make, that's that's that is not accurate because even in most of the uh, most of the time, Shepard is portrayed as a guy. Some ship. Go big so, or go home. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, Shepard, Shepard, Shepard. Believe it or not, the guy that I thought would be a really good Shepard was the dude from Prison Break. Um, oh, he he was pretty solid. Uh, that that would have been one of the ones I would have probably. Which guy from been. Prison Break? The, the Dominic Purcell. No, no, no. The brother. Wentworth, yeah, Wentworth. yeah. Wentworth Miller. I actually would like to see. I think he'd be a good shepherd. If uh, he's a them, really, he's a really, he's a really, he's really good uh, in uh, in Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the two of them have have made Legends of Tomorrow pretty awesome. They were uh, it, it, they were good enough in in the Flash that they had to find an excuse to keep them going on the shows. That's true. But yeah, I, I would say I would say Wentworth Miller. He's he he's kind of got the right look, and he can do like his range is is solid in terms of like what he can act in uh, kind of actually. Well, he can actually act. Let me put it that way. Uh, okay, all right, guys. So I think we've had a pretty good pretty good go round on this one. Uh, we will go ahead and knock out some quick shout outs, and we're going to call this one uh, call this one in the can, so to speak. So. We will start in reverse order, kind of. Uh, so on that note, Pokey, you got any shout-outs, brother? Uh, let me think. Shit. Um, you know, I guess I'll give a shout-out since, you know, <laughs> we're, we're in the final week here before uh, dust closes up. I'll give a shout-out to all the, the community people that are still plugging away. I, I know that Jadik had a, a pretty funny uh, <laughs> pretty funny interaction with some of the people still holding out at the, the last moments of dust here on, on this Twitter account, so that was pretty funny. But uh, yeah, shout out to all the people that are, are sticking in there until the very end. I, I don't 
I can't really bring myself to do it. <laughs> I'm just kind of done. But, you know, shout out to you guys for being loyal to the extremely bitter end. I, I, I got my final stats. I'm, I have a better KDR than Pokey. It's true. <laughs> it's pile that forge gun sniping, right? Um, that and that and classic sniping back in the chromosome days. That was good times, man. Forty-two and zero on that that tiny little. Uh, uh, what's what was the map? It was really tiny. They changed it like five billion times. Communications. Um, no, no, no. The the outdoor map with all the spikes. Um. Oh, the smaller Manus Peak. Yeah. Yes, Manus Peaks. The original, the old classic one. You know, you get a sniper, go up on a spire, you get like 42 kills, don't die. It was great. Yeah, that's where my KDR came Let from. everyone know that Zell was that guy on that map. I was that guy, and I was good at it. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, I'm good at being a, a prick, I gotcha. <laughs> Goodness. Okay, uh, Zell, shoutouts? Um, um... Shout out to anyone still listening. Um, hi. Thank you. <laughs> All right, bait. I don't have a shout out this week. No, 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 no. After what I just pulled as my shout out, you can't not have a shout out. Um. Oh, fuck. I don't know. Um. Shit. Oh, shout out to the North Korean government. Um. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> choice. Oh, oh, this is going to be good. Okay, okay, go ahead. Apparently, um, Kim Jong Un, pull up the article, uh, has put out a petition to find his sister a a a husband. She's the um, she's like the head of propaganda in in North Korea, and the requirements. Oh yeah, the requirements are uh, you have to be like at least five ten and served in the military. And, so and, eliminate your entire country. And if she, if she, if you hurt her, you will be executed. Oh that's, yes. that's not I mean, even clearly. Yeah. You will be executed. Yes. So I mean, shout out to, to Kim Jong Un for um, putting Dude, out sister and, solid. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly for putting up a, uh, a, a an impossible task for your entire country. Good on you, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Shout outs. I'm going to save anything dust-related for next week, because I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, the, What's dust? It's the stuff, stuff I see on my floor. Um, okay, shout-outs to Ubisoft. If there is ever an embattled group of devs that are literally trying to stave off like dudes with pitchforks and torches at their door, it's those poor French bastards. Uh, oh, we didn't they, talk about that, did we? Yeah, no, they are... Okay. They are in, in some sore shape right now. And actually, it's probably better if we wait a week because we'll, we'll be able to talk about the 1.2 patch, the big uh, please God save this game patch that's coming out. <laughs> uh, it'll, be, it'll be kind of interesting to, uh, to see what goes on with that. But I got to give a shout out to them because, again, as much as we as customers, as, as kind of game dudes, we will rage against the machine being the devs, you know, or the the studio, if you will, that puts out the game that we wanted, we, we wanted, we thought it was, they sold this to us. Um, we chunked down money on all this kind of good stuff. And it's not what you, and it's not going the way you wanted it to. I can assure you, if you think that the guys that made the game and probably put anywhere from, you know, two, three, four, five years of their life into 
they probably feel worse than you do. <laughs> I, know, I know it's hard for us to believe, but they probably do. Because you're just, if you think about it, you're just like one person, like raging against the machine, literally just like blindly posting on forums, you know, this, that, and the other. These are, these are the, this is the bag of guys on the other end that have to see that from everybody. So, um, I, I do have to give, give them a little bit of a shout out. Okay. So on that note, guys, we do appreciate, uh, appreciate everybody listening. And we are going to try to expand our shot group for folks we're having on the show. This is just kind of one of these little things that you have to go through occasionally, uh, in terms of like kind of getting some fresh, fresh discussion in, in the show. So we, we apologize, uh, if we were a little bit rambly tonight, but that's okay. We get that way sometimes. And we will attempt to stay on message and on point here in the near future. So on that note, good night and good luck. Thank you.